Good afternoon, Patriots. It's Scott here from Woke Societies, here to drop another episode of amazing content. We have a lot to cover, as always, and if you guys didn't see, Woke Society has got a little hat tip from QAnon yesterday. We're going to get into all the drops, but of course, we have so much breaking with what's going on in Atlanta. We're seeing the book burning going on, the Democrats backpedaling with all their Confederate history. We're going to talk about Nancy Pelosi, and we're going to talk about this DACA agreement well, this DACA case that was shot down by the Supreme Court and Trump's response to it. And of course, we're going to be covering all the censorship issues with social media and keeping you guys up to date with Project Veritas video. So that and so much more. And before we begin, as I always like to do, I would like to show you guys again my sponsor, Flip City Magazine. This cover right here is going to be the new issue, which will be out tomorrow. And it's called Woke World. Look at that. How ironic, right? So when we see this, this is the next issue. It says, it's one year from today and peak wokeness has finally been achieved. Get inclusive with the amazing mom, dad, grandperson introducing Norm, a creepy, lame little 10-year-old kid whose conspicuous lack of piercings and body mods raise eyebrows at school and at home. And as you guys can see, I've been saying it for weeks now, this is Flip City Magazine. This is a completely clean satire comedy magazine it's made by two beautiful people out in california it's american made and they are they are completely independent in their own business now when you open it up there is the table of contents i just want to show you guys i'll try to blow this up for you so you can see it with me so as you can see we have the table of contents here that says woke world six stars we like to see quarantine one day at the doctor's office, song bland. Hollywood gets its mask on. Kids yesterday, kids today, old friends. Little coif, bushy beard. So as you guys can see, this is a great magazine. It is literally only $5 a magazine. If you guys sign up right now for a subscription, let me pull that up for everybody so you can see that. Again, this is a quarterly magazine that will come directly to your house if you don't want the digital version. But I can tell you guys right now, the physical copy copy is worth the money. It's something you can pass down to your kids. It's clean. The artwork is fantastic. And you guys will not be disappointed. And you cannot beat that price for $20 for a year subscription. And again, if you want the digital, it's only $5 here uh, per digital copy, it looks like. So go to flipcitymag.com to subscribe. And remember, when you support my sponsors, you are supporting Woke Society's The Channel. So we got that. Again, it's always PC, no PC, guaranteed no political correctness, which is something that I will always promote on this channel because as you guys know, I am nothing at all politically correct. So where do we want to begin today? Well, there was a lot of Q drops. There was a lot of news breaking and a lot of stuff that happened today. But where I want to begin is this video here that was cued. We're going to jump back into it later in the episode. But I want you guys to watch this young woman here dropping red pill after red pill in a short, concise video. It's going to blow your mind if you didn't see it yesterday. So I will see you guys on the other end end of this intro. Let's take a watch. When Donald Trump wants a wall around our southern border, it's considered racist. But domestic terrorists who take over a six-by-six block in Washington is considered patriotic. Joe Biden is allowed to blackmail the president of Ukraine, but when Donald Trump asks about it, that's an impeachable offense. A $5 billion border wall is apparently too expensive, but a $1.5 trillion free health care system is apparently achievable. People who never owned slaves have to pay reparations to people who never were slaves. I'm not allowed to cheat to get into college because I'll go to jail, but if I cheat to get into this country, I get free everything. People who never went to college have to pay for kids who made stupid choices and decided to go to college. We're catching and releasing criminals because apparently it's an infringement on their right. I'm not allowed to purchase a firearm, but you're totally allowed to go purchase drugs, alcohol, and get an abortion. Irish and German scientists and engineers have to go through a very serious vetting process before being admitted into the United States, but immigrants from our southern border get to come in whenever they want. She is spitting straight fire. Thanks for tuning in to the land of the real. But it's like the twilight zone, the plan is surreal. It'll blow your mind when the plan is revealed. 
bring it dark to light all the plans he concealed. Grab your flashlight, it's time to go down the rabbit hole. It's dark and hell is hot, dealing with satanic souls. The tide is turning, patriots and now in control. Apply aggressive pressure right now until they fold, stay woke. Open up guys and keep them healed. All they do is lie, realize how everything is real. Through projects looking glass, the future is revealed. Future proves past, but there won't be any deals. Woke society's fam, you know it's time to go. Grab your popcorn, sit back now, enjoy the show. Severe non on the mic, so come on, enjoy the flow. The wave is rising, and you know it's only gonna grow. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining Woke Societies here. As you guys know, this is Scott, the creator of the channel. We got lots to get into, so we're gonna jump right into it. Wasn't that video great? Young, young woman there speaking truth, and it's just so great to see young people uh, that know their shit dropping straight truth bombs. We're going to get into that video later in the episode because that video was actually cued. So, but where do I want to begin here? I want to start with the book burning because we are seeing a huge trend of what's going on here. We're going to start with a Gateway Pundit article talking about the article. The headline is Quaker Oats announces it is changing name of Aunt Jemima due to racial stereotype. And if you guys didn't see this, we have Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben's. They are removing, they're removing pretty much their image because it's deemed racist now. And now, thank God, because before, I didn't know syrup was so racist. And I didn't know rice was so racist. But now, guys, now we know it is. Because now they're changing the faces of these things. They're changing everything. And they're whitewashing everything in the name of racism now. Quaker Oats on Wednesday announced that Aunt Jemima, its 131-year-old syrup, will be renamed and rebranded amid outrage that the syrup is based on a racial stereotype. As we work to make progress toward racial equality through uh, several initiatives, we also must take a hard look at our portfolio of brands and ensure they reflect our values and meet our consumers' expectations, Kristen Kropel Vice President and Chief Marketing Officer of Quaker Foods North America said in press release, We recognize Aunt Jemima's origins are based on a racial stereotype. While work has been done over the years to update the brand in a manner intended to be appropriate and respectful, we realize those changes are not enough. We acknowledge the brand has not progressed enough to appropriately reflect the confidence, warmth, and dignity that we would like to stand by to stand for today. We are starting by removing the image and changing the name. We will continue the conversation by gathering diverse perspectives from both our organization and the black community to further evolve the brand and make it one everyone can be proud to have in their pantry. This is an absolute joke because nobody, I can almost tell you literally nobody, was looking at going, going out to the shelves and looking at syrup and be like, this is an outrage. There's probably some Karens out there that actually did. Don't get me wrong. But give me a break. Give me a break. And we're seeing all these big companies now, all these big brands and corporations, they're all backpedaling. And man, it just screaming to me. It is, it, it, I don't even know what to call it anymore. What is it pandering? Are they all pandering now? Because they're worried that people, they're going to lose money. They're going to lose endorsements. What is it? What is it? Because now these brands and all these other corporations are now being forced because of public image to change these, these images Thanks, Google. Changing all these images for what? What are we changing it for? Is this fixing racism? It's not doing anything. This, to me, guys, is a comparison to what these statues being ripped down. What, are the, what is it doing? It's not solving anything. So this is what we're looking at right now. And we're also seeing more of this with the Democratic Party. And this is exactly what Key was talking about. We're trying to see this history be erased because we don't really want to talk about the origins of of, of where this racism started. And we're seeing it here from Breaking 911, where Pelosi orders portraits of former Confederate speakers removed from U.S. Capitol. Now, I wonder why she would want those removed. Could it be because they were part of the Democratic Party? Let's take a look. Washington, D.C. Speaker Nancy Pelosi sent the following letter today to Cheryl Johnson, clerk of the House of Representatives, requesting the removal of portraits of the previous House speakers who served in the Confederacy from display on the U.S. Capitol. In 2017, Pelosi called on then-Speaker Paul Ryan to join her in supporting legislation to remove the Confederate statuses in the National Statutory Hall Collection, which she furthered in a request for the removal in a letter to the Joint Committee on the library early, early this month. 
In the letter, the speaker wrote, Tomorrow, Americans will mark Juneteenth, a beautiful and proud celebration of freedom for African Americans. Very sadly, this day comes during a moment of extraordinary national anguish as we grieve for the hundreds of black Americans killed by racial injustice and police brutality, including George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmed Arbery, and so many others. And the article goes on to continue. Now, it's pretty crazy. These people here, it says, to appropriately observe Juneteenth this year, I write today to request the immediate removal of the portraits in U.S. Capitol of four previous speakers who served in the Confederacy, a.k.a. Democratic Party, Robert Hunter, Howell Cobb, James Orr, and Charles Crisp. And this is exactly what he was talking about. Why are the Dems acting so fast to get rid of this history? Because they know it directly goes back to them. Win at all cost, and this is what I would call a modern day book burning, silencing, and all this other stuff that goes with with these actions. It's really sad to see, but it's funny. They want to blame right wing extreme extremists, right? Calling us right wingists. It's absolutely crazy, but this is what we're seeing now. We're seeing this push, and it's only going to get worse from here out. So, where I want to transition now is to the Atlanta Police Department. If you guys didn't hear, the Atlanta Police yesterday, there was felony charges given to that police officer who shot the man at Wendy's. Because apparently, when a person is drunk, sleeping behind the wheel, takes your taser and shoots it right out over your head, it still doesn't warrant a cop to shoot back and defend himself, apparently. And now, this officer is being charged with felony I think felony murder, which we're going to see in just a moment, but this is having really negative consequences because now that entire Atlanta Police Department is walking out over the murder murder charge as mayor admits morale is down tenfold. And why wouldn't it be? Morale is down all across the country in police departments. And I can tell you right now is definitely down out here in New York and in New York City. Cops are being neutered on the daily and it's getting harder and harder for them to do their jobs. So in this article here from the nationalreview.com, it's saying a number of Atlanta police officers did not show up for their Wednesday night shifts in protest of murder charges brought against a former officer who shot and killed Rashard Brooks after he resisted arrest. Hours after Fulton County District Attorney Paul L. Howard said Officer Garrett Ralph would be charged with felony murder, Atlanta Police Union spokesman Vince Champion told NBC News that officers had decided to walk off the job and go silent on radios to protest the decision. This is not an organized thing. It's not a blue flu. It's not a strike. It's nothing like that. What it actually is is officers protesting they've had enough and they don't want to deal with it any longer, he said. In an interview with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Champion added that there are officers saying they are not going to leave the precinct unless to help another officer. Some are walking off and sitting in their personal vehicles. The Atlanta Police Department released a statement after Champion's comments calling claims that officers were walking off the job inaccurate. The department has experienced a higher than usual number of callouts with the incoming shift. The police explained we have enough resources to maintain operations and remain able to respond to incidents. Now, there is a lot more deeper information that we can go into here, which we're going to show you in a minute. They're pretty much saying that now this really isn't a big deal. The uh, the walk offs aren't really affecting us. And I've seen videos and I've seen tweets of, pe- of people literally calling out the Atlanta Police Department, whoever the leader of this department is, saying that they were actually calling other precincts for assistance with their calls because you can literally hear the, uh, the, dis- the, the dispatchers. There's silence of minutes between calls, some as long as 15 minutes between calls, and there is no response from police officers. It's eerie and it's very scary to see, but this is where it's going. If you're a police officer... And you know right now that if you're a criminal, you can pretty much walk up to a cop and not really have to worry about any consequences because right now, especially if you're an African-American walking up to a police officer, anything happens, they're probably going to get fired or even worse. So what incentive do criminals have to not go after police, commit crimes? It's setting off a huge chain effect, and this is what we're seeing now. We're seeing police officers being completely neutered, afraid to do their job, and now no one knows what to do. And they're, and they're saying how morale is so low. Well, of course it's going to be so low. You can't do your job. You can't protect people. If you go out there and you think you're doing your job, you could loot. Your whole entire life can get ruined now. So why would you want to work being a cop right now? It's terrible, but it gets worse. And as we find out more information here, 
This was really important. This is from Eric Matheny on Twitter. Lest we forget, Keisha Lance Bottoms, Atlanta's mayor, is a top contender for vice president. There is no doubt that she had a hand in the decision to charge Garrett Ralph with 11 felony counts. 11 felony. You think that's you think that's a little bit too much, guys? I would say so. This is a political opportunity to seize this tragedy as her moment and sacrifice a good cop. And this is actually true. She's actually the front runner right now, one of the front runners to be Joe Biden's VP. And you think this has this decision was just based solely on the situation and nothing else? When we find out that that this person is running to be a top contender for vice president. You don't think she's looking for the optics right now to throw a good cop under the bus and then see, be like, see, I'm on your side. Black Lives Matter. We're all on your side. We're against cops. This is a political move, and now it's being politicized, and it's really bad. And unfortunately for this cop, I'm hoping it's going to be they can they can at least fight this. They can at least appeal this decision with um, with the lawyers or maybe a police union and fight this because this is. This is next level. And it's, again, another example of Democrats just putting cops in a really bad position and really not caring what happens to them at all, which tells me they could care less what happens to our communities and then some, and we all know how the line goes. But even worse, even worse, again, this is from Breaking 911. The Georgia Bureau of Investigations says it was blindsided. The actual investigation bureau in Georgia, the one that was investigating this, was blindsided by Fulton County District Attorney Paul Howard and unaware of a plan to file charges against the officers involved in the Rashard Brooks case while the agency was still conducting its investigation. The people, the actual people investigating didn't even know these lawyers were putting these charges through. They found out through the news like everyone else did. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation was requested by the Atlanta Police Department on Friday night, June 12th, to investigate an officer-involved shooting at the Wendy's restaurant on University Avenue. We are in the process of conducting this investigation, although we have made significant progress in the case. We have not completed our work, which means the investigation was not done, but still we had charges handed out. How does that work? Our goal, is, our goal in every officer-involved shooting case we are requested to review is to complete a thorough, impartial investigation before we submit the file to the respective district attorney's office, which obviously did not happen. The GBI was not aware of today's press conference before it was conducted. We were not consulted on the charges filled, filed by the district attorney. Despite today's occurrence, the GBI will complete its mission of completing an impartial and thorough investigation of this incident, and we will submit the file once completed, the Fulton County District Attorney's Office. So, ladies and gentlemen, to me, this sounds just, there's just red flags all over this. And we're just seeing, again, this huge push of abolishing the, abolishing the police department, getting rid of the police department. If not anything, we're going to defund the police department and take those monies and put it into social programs that we all think are going to help, you know, the African-American communities that are, just, that, that are being disparaged, apparently, because... As far as I know with the numbers, it seems like white people are getting killed more than black people every year. And that's just looking at the numbers. But again, we all have that white privilege, right? That's what we're trying to be fed here by the mainstream media. And as you can see here, this is just from the New York Times. Just what? This was yesterday. And this is a tweet from House Judiciary GOP saying, meanwhile, at the New York Times, and we have an article saying, Yes, we mean literally abolish the police. And then underneath, you have a retweet from Rich Lowry. Roughly 8 in 10 voters, 81 to the 14%, say they oppose eliminating the current police department in their community and replacing it with a new one. And wow, you would think, yes, of course, this is common sense. But then you look at the New York Times and look what they're pushing. Yes, we mean literally abolish the police. This is where they want to go, ladies and gentlemen. This is what we're, they're pushing for. And we're seeing this now across the country. And now the man that we all saw with Joe Biden talking about how, you know, he's with the black community and all these other things and his racist thing where he said, you ain't black. He is now teaming up with these same people, these same people. And just 20 years ago, he was talking about racial jungles and how he had to worry about his kids and saying really, really racist things. But this is what we're doing now. And we have VPs that are willing to throw cops, good cops, under the bus that were doing their jobs just to get in powers of position. What does that sound like to you? It's really effed up is what it is, and it's really scary. So bringing that to light so you guys can see that. Let's, tra let's transition gears here to big tech because there was some big things going on with censorship, and Google is just digging their grave even more, and also Facebook because Project Veritas 
got inside there too. And we're going to see all this right now. So let's start here from the Federalists because this, this was in crazy. You guys want to see hypocrisy? You're about to see it. Former Google engineer, Google claims of no partisan bias are hogwash. So if you guys didn't hear the story, you're going to find out right now. It truly must be surreal to learn from NBC and not from Google that Google is going to demonetize your publication. In their hit piece about the Federalist and Zero Hedge, NBC News obtained an official quote from Google spokesperson claiming that we remove both sites' ability to monetize with Google. In a deleted tweet, the reporter, reporter who wrote that article thanked her left-wing sources for their collaboration in demonetizing the Federalist. Once the inevitable black, uh, backlash came, Google quickly started backtracking and shifting the goalposts, sounding like the kid who had just been caught with his hands in the cookie jar. As layer upon layer of absurdity piled up, Google even claimed that they punished the Federalists not for their articles. It wasn't even for the articles. We're going to hit you for your comment section, a comment section that maybe on a big blog maybe has 50 comments, maybe even less. They went after their comment section and used this as an excuse to take down demonetization, which is an absolute joke, and you guys will see in a minute. Google receives a special immunity from Congress saying that if it's not liable for YouTube, that it's not liable for YouTube videos and comments, an immunity that many in both political parties want to take away. This is at Section 230. So, of course, it decided to argue that the Federalists should be held liable for readers' comments. Instead of telling Christians that the Bible isn't appropriate for advertising on YouTube, perhaps Google could open up the Bible for once and read the parable of the unmerciful servant before it tries to hold yet another conservative website liable for things Google gets away with themselves. So literally, guys, have you ever have you ever looked inside of just any YouTube video and looked at the comment sections and some of the most disgusting things are written there, yet they still remain up? YouTube doesn't take them down, which is a Google-owned company. But the funny thing is, Google hides behind that and says, we're not liable for that. We're not liable for any of that. We're just a platform. But we all know they don't act as platforms. They're, they're all acting as publishers. And what's going on here is that conservative websites and conservative news outlets, in particular, the Federalist, they noticed they were demonetized. And it wasn't even, they couldn't, they couldn't demonetize them for their content because that would be way too obvious, right? So, of course, they're going to be snakes. They're going to be sneaky. They're going to go and find any possible reason to hurt any kind of conservative um, information, channel, outlet, news outlet. So you know what they do? They snake their way in and they say, oh, look, your comment section. There's a lot of comments there that we don't agree with. We know you didn't write them yourselves. These are just your, your viewership. But because of that, we're going to take your monetization away and you won't be able to make any money from Google, which is a huge hit. And now since that, Google has completely backtracked because the backlash of this was tremendous. You were seeing all kinds of um, Republicans go after Google and it's just another spit in the face because all these companies keep saying how they are completely neutral. They don't do any of these things and literally it'll be the next day and it's happening over and over and over again. And we're seeing it happen more and more, especially as the days go on. So let's go to a tweet here talking about this. This is from exactly the Federalist, the, one, the outlet I just showed you guys. This is a video here. I won't play the whole thing of a man. I'm not sure if he's with the Federalist or he's just another reporter, but he's talking about the story. And I want you guys to take a listen and see what he has to say. This was really about trying to get the Federalists deplatformed, demonetized, and shut down because somebody over at NBC News doesn't like the fact that we often criticize NBC News and other mainstream media outlets for being dishonest and disingenuous, which they are all the time. And this is a great case in point, what you just explained. This entire story came out because NBC News brought this to Google's attention and then asked Google to comment on it or do something about it. But isn't it, I guess it, I say, isn't it shocking? Like, I shouldn't be shocked by this, and I guess my viewers shouldn't either. But in the press briefing room, right, when the president says, no, you're done, and it goes to the next question, they always make this big say, well, no, I'm going to ask the question that so-and-so wanted to ask, Mr. President. And they, they, they make it like they're so noble and standing up for another journalist. But did anyone stand up for you, other than some in the conservative-oriented media today, any of your other journalism colleagues? No, absolutely not. I, th there was a lot <laughs> of, of uh, 
shock and outrage among conservative colleagues, uh, uh, including some conservative colleagues at other right of center publications. No, but for the most part, the mainstream media doesn't want to be criticized and, and they're not interested really in free speech or the free exchange of ideas. So pretty much, guys, you had NBC, which I just explained from the Federalist article itself. You had NBC pretty much acting like a Karen. NBC wasn't too happy that another news outlet was talking bad about them and calling them out for their blatant lies that we see every single day on Twitter, every single day on TV, and they don't like it. So you know what they did? They didn't go to the Federalist themselves. They went over to Google. They put in a complaint to Google, and Google was like, you know what? We're all tied up with you guys. We're all on the dent. We're, we're all drinking the Kool-Aid dim. And guess what? We'll figure out a way to straighten them up. So we went into their comment section and figured, we well, let's demonetize them, which we can eventually just outright deplatform them eventually. And that's where it wants to go because anyone that has an opposite opinion with channels like myself, the other creators out there, and great papers like The Federalist, Zero Hedge, who, by the way, was allowed back on Twitter. And the reason they were given that they were banned was based on their a couple of their own errors. We are in a complete information war, guys. And this is what's happening right now. And Google is all part of the problem. They had no problem going in there and finding a simple, very snaky, sneaky way to try to deplatform and demonetize papers that call out the lies like we do every day. It's unreal. And we're seeing it get worse and worse and worse. So Google had, of course, to respond to this. And here's the backpedaling. The Federalist was never demonetized. We worked with them to address issues on their site related to the comment section. Our policies do not allow ads to run against dangerous or derogatory content, which includes comments on sites. And we offer guidance and best practices to publishers on how to comply, which is the biggest joke of a reply that you can possibly give being what Google allows on YouTube and the comment sections and the comments that I even see in my own videos that are allowed and stayed up. And the only reason why they get taken down is if I do it myself, but yet they have the gall to go out pretty much to anybody they want, hint, hint, conservative papers and do things like this. And now they're completely backpedaling because they got exposed. And this is why right here from zero hedge as it comes up, The DOJ, this was just yesterday, released recommendations for Section 230 reform. And this was a big, big article, so I'm just going to do the main bullet points down here. This is from Senator Halley. And let's see. It was here. There it is. So these are just some of the main points here that they're going to try to get the changes done to make the censoring and just in general give us a level playing field on the internet again as far as getting content out there. They're going to be incentivizing online platforms to address illicit content. I just want to make just be clear with everybody. Section 230, I don't want to be abolished. That's Section 230 is not the problem. It's the fact that these companies cannot be held liable for censoring or we have to comply with their way of thinking because that's originally not how they were set up. And all this time has gone by and these companies have been hiding behind the fact that they can't be sued um, for anything that people put on their platforms. But yet they're acting as publishers and demonetizing channels like mine and all the others and doing all these sneaky, sneaky things to people that have any opposite opinion of what, they, what they're pushing themselves. So... This is what they're trying to change with this Section 230. They're going to promote open discourse and greater transparency, which hopefully we'll see. But this, guys, right here is the big bullet points. Users could sue the major big tech companies for breaching their contractual duty of good faith. The duty of good faith would contractually prohibit big tech from discriminating when enforcing the terms of service they write. And that's going to be a big one. Just like police and prosecutors are not supposed to discriminate when enforcing the law, the same thing is going to be applied to big tech. Failing to honor their promises and big tech companies who breach their duty of good faith would have to pay $5,000 plus attorney fees to each user who prevails. Prevails, And notably, Hawley is joined by Marco Rubio, Tom Cotton, and Mike Brown. If passed, the bill would allow the Federalist and Zero Hedge to sue Google for unequal treatment. And... Maybe I'll be able to do this. Any one of us, any one of these you are the YouTubers out there that got demonetized for putting what they deemed harmful content because we all got the same exact cookie cutter email. All of us did. All of us that are talking about Q or just truth in general or just news that 
completely contradicts the narratives that are being pushed. We were all demonetized and we all got the same exact email saying our content was harmful. So maybe who knows? Maybe if it'll be worth it to get a lawyer and sue these guys because that would be great. There is no reason. We're not putting out any harmful content. We never call for violence. We are just talking ideas here and that is it. And freeing minds. That is it. There is nothing else going on here. So we'll have to see what happens. But it gets worse here. James O'Keefe put out a new video today. I'm not going to play. It's six minutes long. It's too long to play on here. But this is the gist of what we got out of it. Breaking. Here is the leaked Facebook March 22 memo in question. Priority may be given to H-1B applicants from China and Korea. Facebook spokesperson Andy, whoever this is, denied memo authenticity, but Facebook suspended accounts for doc security. Read memo. And this, guys, is the document that is being featured on his latest video, which just got out today. And you guys are on Twitter. Throw out a nice hashtag, expose Facebook, because this is disgusting. And I can't blow it up any further, but this is the process of what H-1B is. It says, visas are the gateway to a diverse workplace. Over 70% of Silicon Valley's are H-1B visa workers. When interviewing American applicants, it's important to offer them incentives to recommend H-1B visa workers they know. This will increase diversity in the workplace. When hiring for HR positions, it is important to prioritize H-1B visa workers, and this will stimulate the process of diversification of the workplace. Priority may be given. This is is where it gets hot. Priority may be given to H-1B applicants from China and Korea to foster larger communities of diverse workers at Facebook. Did you guys hear that? There may be priority given to Korean and Chinese applicants to foster larger communities of diverse workers at Facebook. Hmm. I wonder if that goes against federal discrimination laws. It sure does. H-1B visa workers foster more creative diverse, and they go on to explain it. Now, Facebook is claiming this document doesn't exist and it's fake, but the people in the video that showed this just all happened to be blocked out from their system by their IT departments and was being investigated. So if it was fake, why would they be worried about it? And why would they block the people that they think expose this information? It's very, very bad. And I want you guys to get more context here. This is Zach Voorhees. He was the Google whistleblower, one of the first whistleblowers to come on Project Veritas. And he says, do you guys understand what just happened? This directive instructed Facebook HR to prioritize the hiring Chinese plus Korean immigrants under the guise of diversification. It's now been validated. This is the beginning of the end of the Chinese infiltration using H-1B visas. I just want to play this quick video from James O'Keefe. Take a watch. Hello, everyone. We have breaking news. This was the Facebook memo story, the memo that Facebook said was not real, not authentic. Well, the news is, is that just now we learned that Facebook's IR division, that's investigations and reports part of the company, has pulled at least eight employees, Facebook employees, into their offices to discuss this memo and its origins. In fact, we've learned from multiple sources inside the company that they identified the name of the employee who, who wrote this document. This document, in fact, does exist on one of their computers. That's new information that we are able to report to you here. This is a developing story. We're working with a number of sources inside Facebook right now. And if you have more information, as always, it's VeritasTips at ProtonMail.com. So again, here, James O'Keefe is exposing the truth. And this is why I love his channel. I love their what they do. I'm completely behind them. But again, this is what Q is talking about when they say to invade, invasion instead of infiltration. Or infiltration instead of invasion. My bad, I got backwards. Infiltration instead of invasion. Now, this is really good, not good because, again, there's they're hiding behind that this is diversification, but at the same time, what they were doing, they're just bringing Chinese and Korean immigrants over the country, and these are the people that are controlling and working within our own social media, our own way of communicating with each other on Twitter, YouTube. All these people are coming from these other countries and saying it's under whatever this H-1B law is, it's good for diversification when really they're being denied, Americans are being denied jobs for Chinese and Korean immigrants. 
And you guys all know how bad it is out in Silicon Valley. All the homeless people, and a lot of those homeless people, they weren't, they were normal people just like me and you who have college degrees who are super smart, but they just can't get a job anywhere. And it's so expensive to live. You can't live anywhere except the street. So what do you do? This is a huge problem. And now Project Veritas is exposing it. And it's just really great to see. It's really great. So let's transition gears again. And let's talk about Mr. Bolton here, who put out his book, and it's now catching fire, not in, not in a good way. Trump, this is from the Epic Times, Trump White House pushed back on Bolton allegations. President Donald Trump and top officials in his administration are challenging allegations made by John Bolton, who was Trump's national security advisor before being fired in 2019. Bolton made a number of claims in a book he's trying to release despite efforts to block the publishing because it would disclose classified information. Bolton at one point claims Trump asked China's leader, Jing, for help in winning re-election. Absolutely untrue. Never happened, U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer told lawmakers at a Senate Finance Committee hearing on Wednesday when presented with that claim. I was there. I have no recollection of that ever happening. I don't believe it's true. I don't believe it ever happened. The Trump administration sued Bolton this week in an attempt to block the release of the book. John Ratcliffe, the director of national intelligence, said on June 17th that unauthorized disclosures of classified information damage our national security. Now, the word is not out on Bolton as far as Q is concerned because I've seen Q. I don't I don't remember all of the Q drops on Bolton, but I don't know if he's a sleeper or not. But either way, right now, today, Bolton does not look like he's on 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 the good side. This man was fired by Trump, and if you don't know anything about Bolton, you want to talk about a warmonger, we'd probably be in three or four different world wars right now if it was up to him. He wanted to go to war with Korea, wanted to go to war with Iran, wanted to do all this, and Trump was like, dude, we ain't going to war with nobody. That's the last thing we want to do. And ever since then he was fired, Bolton completely switched. He turned his back on Trump, and he put this book out, trashing Trump essentially, and now it's caused an absolute shitstorm. And as we get more information about this, Dan Scavino tweets out, there is nothing worse than a disgruntled, arrogant, egotistical, and all-around miserable warmonger who gets fired from their job and goes to write a book with classified information while being paid millions of dollars for it. Someone changed their tune once he was fired. So look at this video and let's watch the snake talk. President Trump accomplished what other leaders have repeatedly promised but consistently failed to deliver. He looks out after the best interest of the American people. They're the ones who elected him. Uh, they're the ones he's responsible to. And his administration will deliver, I am confident. Uh, he's not going to make the same mistakes that President Obama made. And I think one thing you can be sure of is President Trump's not going to make the mistakes of prior administrations here. I think the president's doing exactly the right thing. The president correctly understands when China gets economic power by stealing from the United States and others, it's time to call a stop to it. Well, I think the Trump administration has been very tough. Uh, it, it has imposed enormous sanctions on Russia. Since January 2017, the president has taken decisive action to defend our election systems from meddling and interference. I think the president's right on the policy here. Well, I think he's got another year of accomplishments uh, under his belt. And you guys can just see the hypocrisy. All the nice things the man said when he was working and when he gets fired, when he wants to push war and Trump was like, that ain't happening. And the story that Trump is asking China, the Chinese president for help to re-election, it just doesn't, it's none of it, it it's all lies. He's got a million requests, over a million requests right now for the Tulsa rally the first one that's in months because of, of of covid you think he needs russia's help china's help it's like what are we doing these narratives are just they make zero sense and because this is why he's getting so much backlash he was a huge proponent of trump when he was working under him and since he got fired he writes a book trashing trump now and at the same time these book sales he's making millions of dollars off these books now and to boot it's got classified information in it i haven't read it i'm not gonna buy it but either way, it's a terrible look. And again, the timing of this, you know, I don't know. There's always something to look at with the timing of this. There's an election coming up. And again, it's all assets deployed. Is he a white hat? I don't think so. That's my opinion. But we'll have to see how the rest of that plays out. And this is, the, this is even better. This is from Catherine Herridge talking about a quote here from Rudy Giuliani. 
Speaking to CBS News, at Rudy Giuliani said, I recommended John Bolton to the president for national security advisor because it is good to have balance in an administration and opposing views. I personally warned John Bolton that the president would not always agree with him and to be ready for it. The president has the final say. I never imagined in a million years Bolton would write this book about a sitting president. I have known him for 11 years, and if they had any problems with my work in Ukraine, as the president's personal attorney, he never told me to my face, and he had many chances to do so. My conclusion is that Bolton is an, un- is an unreliable backstabber who wrote his version of events so that he could sell a book. And what a fiery tweet, what a fiery quote from Rudy Giuliani trashing Bolton. But again, this is why this is this is why this channel is here. We are here to fight these false narratives, and it's not going to get any better. So, last piece of news before we jump into the Q drops. Um, this was also from the Epic Times. This is about the DACA program. Supreme Court refuses to allow DACA program to be rescinded. And DACA, which we're going to find out here, this was the Supreme Court has ruled this morning that President Donald Trump failed to follow law, the law when he tried to rescind DACA, former President Barack Obama's program that temporarily shielded young people who came to the United States illegally from being deported. There are close to 800,000 or more individuals eligible under the program known as Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. So that's what DACA stands for. This was an Obama policy. They are a subset of about 4 million dreamers, that's in quotes, many of whom failed to apply for relief under DACA but who could conceivably qualify under an amnesty were one to be granted. The splintered ruling in the case cited as Department of Homeland Security versus Regents of the University of California was handed down June 18th. The opinion was written by Chief Justice John Roberts, a member of the court's conservative bloc who was joined by the majority by liberal justices Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Stephen Breyer, Sonia Sotomayor, and Elena Kagan. We conclude that the acting secretary did violate the Administrative Procedure Act and that the decision to rescind DACA, therefore, must be vacated, Roberts wrote. And this was a 5-4 decision, Patriots. And guess who was the deciding factor? It was Roberts. And guess what? Roberts was an Obama-appointed Supreme Court justice. Shocker, right? Now, the whole entire point of bringing this up is because of the, the whole... The whole point is to we need more Supreme Justices that are going to get the job, the job that we need done. DACA was this was shot down and now the mainstream media is paying this as a huge hit to Trump's um, immigration policies. But not all hope is lost. The decision, this is from Kimberly Robinson on Twitter. The decision is five to four with the chief justice writing for the majority, which includes Justices Ginsburg, Breyer, Sotomayor and Kagan. In dissent is Justices Thomas Alito. Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. The court decision is based on the Administrative Procedure Act, not equal protection, which means the Trump administration could go back and fix the mistake and undo DACA. So there is still a way to get around this and for Trump to take this down, which is exactly what he's going to do. And we can see it here in the Zero Hedge article when Trump talks about his tweet saying that the Supreme Court justices, they don't like me. And it's very obvious to see that they don't. So as we're scrolling down here, this is just some of the tweets from Trump. These horrible and politically charged decisions coming out of the Supreme Court are shotgun blasts into the face of people that are proud to call themselves Republicans or conservatives. We need more justices or we will lose our Second Amendment and everything else. Vote Trump 2020. Do you get the impression that the Supreme Court doesn't like me? And this is why it's scary is this is this tweet here talking about we need more justices or we will lose our Second Amendment in every Thing else. And that is scary. And that is scary. And again, another huge reason why this, this election is the most important election in our lives. We cannot lose something like the Second Amendment. If we lose the Second Amendment because of left-leaning Supreme, Supreme Court justices or extreme left-leaning justices, our country, what's left of it, what's left of this republic, which we don't even have a republic anymore, but whatever's left of it will be gone. And we will be eroded. And this is why it's so important that he wins so he can get more justices in there that will bring this country back to its original glory. That's what we're working on now. And right here, Trump did respond to all this. He said, as president of the United States, I am asking for a legal solution on DACA, not a political one, consistent with the rule of law. The Supreme Court is not willing to give us one. So now we will have to start this process 
all over again, and he's going to do that. And eventually, he will win, and DACA will be rescinded, and we can move on with our lives. So that is the news as far as catching guys up with news all around the world that I could find today. But now, what I want to get into, which is something that was really special, if you guys didn't see, we're going to go into Q drops now, but the first Q drop that was dropped, this blew my mind, ladies and gentlemen. 4475, and it's a meme. The Silent Majority 2016 versus 2020. And this is the meme that was used. If you guys didn't notice, catching my live stream, this was the, the exact uh, thumbnail that I used on Tuesday. But the the coolest thing about this was, if you notice on the bottom here, you can kind of see it on my mouse, there is a watermark. Now, I'm in a Discord with some friends that we, uh, we're all a bunch of researchers. We talk all day, every day, all day long. This Q drop came out because Q was pretty quiet for the last couple of days and they dropped this. So they put it in the Discord and I see it. And then people are noticing there's a watermark and trying to figure out where the original uh, meme came from. And someone finally blew up the watermark and was shown to me. Uh, let's see here. It was this. It was this. Now, if you guys remember from my older videos, you can go five months back right now and you watch the intro that image right there was from my videos. And this was my stock video that I pulled off some free website to use as my logo for Woke Societies before I change it to what it was now. So I silently got cued in this because when you go on the cue boards, you can actually see it. My watermark was here. So either Q team is watching my videos. I don't know what that is. But at the same time, I am beyond thankful for it. And the fact that they didn't link my Twitter or YouTube, I am even more thankful for that. Because if they did, I don't know what would have happened to my channel, what would happen to my Twitter. You could probably say a deplatform coming. We saw it with that one guy, Sean, who had the world we go one, we go all. Trump retweeted him. He got queued within like five minutes. And you guys saw what happened. Less than 10 minutes, his Twitter was gone. He had to restart over again. So... The fact that Q here, I don't know if this is a hat tip to my channel, but they had to have been watching it to get this screenshot. Otherwise, my watermark would not be there. This was not my meme. This I don't even know where I got this from. This could have been off the boards. This could have been off Twitter. I don't honestly remember. I never claimed this was my meme. This meme is literally everywhere. I threw it on as a thumbnail because I thought it was a perfect thumbnail for what I was going to be talking about on Tuesday night. So Q, hat tip to you guys. Q team, if you're watching my channel, I appreciate it. Thank you for not linking my channel because this is what I'm doing full time and that would have been devastating. So I appreciate it and thank you for that. So that was 4475. 4476D is a mainstream media following Hitler's playbook to gain power. And this is a huge, huge drop. It basically comparing to what was going on during the World War II era with Germany and comparing to what's going on now, and it's exactly the same thing. So let's read it here. It says, old playbook still used today. Then verse now, compare and contrast. So this was then. The Associated Press News Agency entered a formal cooperation with the Hitler regime in the 1930s, supplying American newspapers with material directly produced and selected by that party. I'm not going to say it. Propaganda Ministry archive material unearthed by a German historian as revealed. Everyone knows what party the Germans were affiliated with that, just not trying to say the word on, on my channel today. To that extent, it is fair to say that these pictures played their part in disguising the true character of the war led by the Germans. How did Hitler gain power? What events created population to defiance extremism? The insurrection, global economic depression, reparations, huge rise in unemployment, Germans began to lose faith in democracy and looked to extreme parties in the, both the left, the communists, and the right, which is the other party, for quick and simple solutions. When people are unemployed, hungry, and desperate, as millions were in Germany between 1930 and 33, they often turned to extreme political parties offering simple solutions to their problems. Between 1930 and 33, support for the extreme right-wing party, which we're not going to say, and the extreme left-wing communist sword. Now let's look at now. MSNDC, we have what's quotes, peaceful protests, which we know are rioters and looter, looters. And MSNDC, propaganda campaign, information warfare campaign, POTUS must be removed, push year one now. COVID-19, global economic depression, D-party, BLM, race push, reparations, COVID-19 is greater than huge rise in employment, insurrection, riots, cities, remove police, weaken property, destroy, assaults, murder, release by uh, D-governor, mayors, back to street, safe zone, division, hostility, race war, etc. End goal, then verse now, government control, 
understanding the past helps to understand the present. And that that drop, guys, is pretty self-explanatory. Just describes perfectly what was going on in Germany. They push the people to the brink, push people to desperation. And what do they do? They, they, they accept these crazy parties, these radical parties, just because they offer what you would think is quick solutions to the problem, but then end up giving your power over and it turns into a monster. And that is what's being attempted right now. And Q is pouring this out. 4477, can it be proven that DGOVs in New York, New Jersey, California, Pennsylvania, Michigan deliberately increased COVID-19 death counts? So Q is writing, it's not what you know, but what can you prove? Question, can we prove it? Can we prove coordination? Can we prove deliberate action to incorporate death count to justify vote by mail, stay at home, bail out state, kill economy, kill uh, public rallies, unemployment, etc. And we go to the tweet here. This is from Steve Scalise. And he writes, just sent letters to the Democratic governors of those states, and New York is included in that because Cuomo did sentence 6,000 elderly to their death because he forced nursing homes to accept COVID patients, demanding they explain why they ignore protocols and force COVID-19 patients into nursing homes. The outcome was devastating. Families who lost loved ones deserve answers. This tragedy was avoidable. And it absolutely was. It absolutely was. So we're going to wait and see what happens with that. 4478, red pill after red pill. And we saw this. This was the video that I played in the beginning. Not going to play it again for time's sake, but she absolutely just destroyed narratives, spitfire. And it was so good. Q queued it. And there you have it. 4479, POTUS on Sean Hannity tonight. I did not watch this myself. I didn't see anything that crazy that came out of it, but... Um, Q is pointing that out. In the last drop here, 4480, POTUS tweet taunting Ds. They can't beat him. And again, this is a tweet here from Trump. It says, the Dems have tried every trick in the playbook. Call me everything under the sun, but if I'm all those terrible things, how come I beat them so badly? 306 to 223, maybe they're just not very good. The fact is they are going crazy only because they know they can't beat me in 2020. And the fact that he is getting so many requests for his for his uh, rallies, just simply explains that. Do you see Joe Biden getting millions and thousands, not millions, but thousands upon thousands of requests to go to anything of his rallies? The man hasn't even come out of his basement yet. It's been over like 70 days. And there's a reason for that. He is going to soil himself anytime he has any kind of conference, any kind of press conference. Any He's done none of that. He's been hiding this entire time. And they're trying to hold him out for as long as possible. So we'll have to see what happens. We'll see. So that is the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining as you always do. Thank you, everybody, on Podcast Land. Please like, share, subscribe. Go to the YouTube channel right here. Tell all your friends about this channel. We are the news now. We're at 54,000 subscribers. Want to be at 60,000 by the end of this month, which we will absolutely do. Starting next week, I'm going to be doing more live streams with the Patreon. So now is the perfect perfect opportunity to go to the Patreon. I'm going to be adding another tier here. I'm probably going to be doing a $10 tier for those private live streams. It's a very cheap, affordable option. They're going to be where I can talk about certain subjects and really speak my mind on certain things that I can't do on this channel. So if you guys can, I'll be adding a new tier membership, but you can always go there, see what I have as far as the other tiers. And this is for my hardcore diehard fans Go there. This is all I have now. This is the channel. So everything you guys do, you are supporting me and keeping this channel alive. And I'm imploring all of you to go to my bit shoot and just subscribe there, ladies and gentlemen. If YouTube ever took this channel down, unfortunately, I'm not a big fan of bit shoot, but this is where I have my backup channel currently. And you can see the subscribers don't even come close to what I have. So go there, subscribe. And of course, my wokesociety.com webpage where all my content is hosted in audio files. And of course, when you click the store button, you guys can check out all my cool merch. I have so many cool things made by my brother and my and Bruce, who makes my t-shirts, which you guys can see here. T-shirts, hoodies, and ladies, I even got you the V-neck there because you guys wanted it so bad. So it's all there. So that's the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining tonight, and enjoy the rest of your day. The summer is beautiful so far. Get outside. Go enjoy the weather, will you? So with that, thank you all. Stay safe. Stay warm. As I always say, stay Woke.